so Laura, I've hmm I got something to tell you. You got something to tell me? Yes. Uh you know we used to do a podcast called Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Used to? Y- y- yes. Well, we might have to change a few things to make it a bit more legally distinct because apparently wizards now own our our podcast. Oh, what? Wizards of the Coast? No, just some wizards. Oh, just some wizards? Yes. Some wizards own our podcast? Yes. We were using an Eldritch open license. Oh, for... oh I see. Uh, an, an open podcasting license. Yes. We were on, we were on the OPL one We were on the Opal. Yeah. Oh, no. I just thought it was rainbow coloured because I like Opal. It's, I mean, it's got yeah. a nice shimmer to it. Okay. It's opalescent. It's right there in and, the name. And I'm guessing they're retracting the OPL. Yeah, well, they're, they're changing it. Okay. They're changing it and now they own, you know, all of the characters. Oh, no. Yep. Uh, and and all of the skits. Uh, any bit we've ever done, technically they, they own, they own really, all of that now. That's really unfortunate. Yeah, so sorry it, about that. So you you reckoning we should try and like retcon our our stuff to be like no longer using any of the uh, the original branding? Maybe. I was going to talk to some witches see if they could help. Yeah, yeah. They're talking about creating their own independent stuff, and we could just shift over to that instead. Okay, it's okay. called Ruby. Oh, fancy! It's got a Y in it. Oh, I bet it's not where I would think. No, it's never where you think. <laughs> it's never where you'd think. Right, it's right at the front. Oh, well, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, discovering what the uh, reimagined version of this show will be. I love dealing with eldritch forces beyond my imagining. Indeed. Oh, the deals you must make with them to survive. Mm-hmm. So it's better than Spotify. <laughs> Greetings, strangers. <clears throat> that was weird energy. Greetings, strangers. Queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale, and I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's probably going to be a short one because we're. It's been a week. Short by, I, comparison. Yeah, by comparison. You know how it's probably not going to be a two-hour episode. Oh, look, here's the thing. Usually Tuesday for me is the day where I I go. Quips is recording today. Let's get all the stuff done that I want to talk about on Quips. Mm-hmm. And then I made impromptu plans to not be here. Which... No, no plans. There were no plans. No plans. No, no, no plans at all. No, no. It just happened to. Uh, I just. To... Like, I, I, made, I went on an impromptu stroll out the house and may have stumbled past uh, uh, a protest, perhaps, yeah. uh, and then stumbled down the road and ended up uh, talking on the radio. It's, it, was, it was a day. These things happen. These things happen. You know, <laughs> I, I accidentally unplanned. Oh, it just unorganized. tripped and stumbled. I, tri- I tripped and stumbled. I stumbled into a studio. I, I tripped and stumbled into a protest and then a studio. <laughs> We've all been there. Oh, we we have indeed all been there. Um, so, but have you played anything this I've, week? I've played some things this week. Okay. I've, I've not gotten around to playing my Playdate games for this week, <sighs> so I'm going to have to talk about this week's Playdate games next week. Treats. Give me double Playdate games. Treats. Yeah, I'm playing them tomorrow, but I, I was going to play them on the train today, because the Playdate's so small, it makes perfect for putting in a small bag. But I had other things to accidentally remember to do. Uh. <laughs> uh, what what have we played this week? Um, I've been playing a game called Melatonin. Oh, this is the lo-fi 
beats to tap a button to. Yeah, the one that is this week's uh, access ability is kind of about. Um, yeah, so melatonin is a... Yeah, it, it's got a sort of 2D art style um, with a lot of pastel colours that is very reminiscent of, like, lo-fi music thumbnail art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the concept is that you're just you're just a person falling asleep on the sofa on five consecutive nights having dreams about various things that sort of loosely tell a story through the sort of things that are being dreamed about sort of imply a, a narrative across Good. these multiple days. Um, but like one night maybe you're dreaming about some fairly superficial things. It might be like food and video games and shopping uh, shopping and then another night might be a bit more um you, you meditated before going to bed and now you're dreaming about abstract concepts like space and time and mind and hypnosis uh, and hypnosis or you might be like uh, i'm having a bit of a stressful day i'm dreaming about work and working out and dating and then all the dreams start sort of meshing together and, uh, and also a, one of the grabby machine things. Oh yeah, little toy grabby yeah. uh, machines. While this game might aesthetically and musically um, take its inspirations from like lo-fi stuff, um, gameplay and humour-wise, it has a lot in common with something like um, Rhythm Heaven or Elite Beat Agents mm-hmm. in the sort of more, we're going to have silly concepts for you to do music rhythm along with. Yeah. Um, and the mechanics of your music rhythm will sort of change throughout the levels and throughout the world. They might be things like, um, you start off with a lot of, like, just press A on the correct beat, and usually each level will have, like, a few different beats you're looking out for, a few different patterns. Good easy example, the first level is about food. Uh, the, the food will come at you in a, in a high arcing shot, a medium arcing shot, or fired directly forward at you. Mm-hmm. And whichever of those is happening will change uh, what timing you need to respond on. Okay. Um, some of them will have more involved mechanics that will be things like um, you have to use the left and right bumpers and maybe like one sound effect will clue you in that you have to press L, one will clue you in that you have to press R. Some levels you're having to press the button um, one beat after the thing appears. Uh, lots of like little shifts in a fairly basic set of mechanics. Yeah. Um, something I definitely don't think I could manage, but even the accessibility settings seem like yeah. they might help. Uh, yeah, so this, uh, I go into more depth on this on accessibility this week, but the short version is that this game has, um, I, I really struggled playing the demo for this back last summer. I wanted to like it more than I did. I like it a lot more now, now these settings are in there. You can have a metronome on at all times, uh, to, to help you keep the beat. You can have uh, a larger window for perfect hits on notes. You can have the game penalise your score less for um, uh, slightly too early or slightly too late notes. And you can have a visualiser on screen that is surprisingly subtle. Like, it doesn't ruin the aesthetic visual style the game's got going on. That is just, here's what button you have to hit. Almost Guitar Hero-esque. Uh, coming towards the point that tells you you've got to hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for certain levels, I found that invaluable in in helping me to actually keep on top of what was happening and react with it um it is a real neat little game uh it's not super lengthy or it, or at the very least if you are if you are a, if you are good at music rhythm games 
and only interested in playing through a level once and then moving on, it's probably going to be a fairly short game. Hmm. But the stuff that's there is really charmingly made. It's uh, very memorable, really nice music. It is it is amusing and, like, it, it is challenging in ways that feel fair and manageable with accessibility settings that are designed in such a way that they don't feel like they take down the level of difficulty unnecessarily and just are like, no, 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 we're just going to make the challenge that's there easier to access. Hmm. I really like it. It's a real neat little game. I had, I had, I've had some some real good fun playing this over the last couple of days. Yeah. Well, what about you? What you been playing? Uh not a huge amount. I'll be honest. I did a bunch more uh, terraforming Mars digital solo. Yeah. I am starting to win more than lose. Yay! Uh, we played a bit of more tabletop terraforming Mars. We did. Yes. And although I did, I didn't actually do proportionally better. But the game did end quicker. <laughs> so th- that was fine. Weirdly, That's... we managed to stay proportionally roughly the same distance apart. Yeah, because we played with some ex- uh, a new board or something. Uh, no, we, we, I think we played with all the usual stuff. Oh, yes, sorry. You're correct. <laughs> a board. I was yes. questioning myself for a second there. I was like, did we not play with the sorry, new board? Sorry, I was thinking of the breakout board. We're not. We, we played on the Hellas map. Yeah. Which, from the Hellas and Elysium... Uh, no, we played on the Elysium map, sorry. We played on a board that had some ice down the bottom. The South Pole, which yeah. is yeah, the Elysium side, which is, yeah. So you have to pay more to go on the very South Pole, but the, you get an ocean for it, and there's like a bunch of heat to be generated down there as well. Yeah. There's like one main ocean that's a big circle of, like... I think eight eight tiles, yeah. something like that, which it, is impressive considering there's only nine tiles in the game. Yeah, it it was a nice uh nice little shift in that it was similar enough uh to to be very familiar while changing up just enough to require slightly different play styles. Uh, like the milestones and the awards on the boards were different. Mm-hmm. Um, I really lucked out with a very good starting corporation that that really helped me get a good head start. You had this good starting corporation, and you had just incredible cards for her, for card draw and and engine yeah. going. I did not really get an engine going at all. You had a really good corporation, but had the problem I had when I had that corporation as well of getting plant production cards. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the plant production cards tend to have quite high uh, requirements on them yeah. anyway, like in regards to temperature. And just even with the amount of temperature I had, it just wasn't quite enough. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was fun fun to give it a go with new stuff, and maybe one day I will eventually defeat you. I believe in you. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, what about you? What did you play? Uh, I played some more Hades this week. Mm. Um, uh, I think since last uh, Quartz recording, I've started playing around with... Yet another new weapon that isn't the 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 the, <gasps> the Gilgamesh fists or the laser gun. Uh, I used, I think it was the default uh, spear mm-hmm. uh, weapon, which I basically the the setup I started using that I really like it if I can get all the pieces of it yeah. is put a bunch of electric attacks on my default attack mm-hmm. uh, that I can sort of do quick dash attacks if I want to and get lightning arcing around. But what I ideally want to do is have my like my heavy attack, which is throw the spear. Uh, I want to turn it into an explosion on impact rather than throw and then pull back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, give it water effects. And then 
get the upgrade that makes all of my water effects also trigger lightning effects because I, I have lightning on, on the other yeah, bit yeah. of my spear. So that I can just be throwing my spear, it does one big heavy hit and then causes lightning to arc off it. Nice. Um, and I can just stand in place going, bam, 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 lightning, 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 water, lightning, water, lightning, water. When it works, it's a very fun build. Yeah. It, it just, it requires a lot of very specific bits. Like I need, ideally I need the lightning... And for it to jolt enemies that it hits, and I need the thing that makes it uh, hit twice with the lightning, and I need the water, and I need the thing that makes the water and the lightning work together, and I need the thing that makes the spear turn into explosions. Unless I have all of it, it like it doesn't come together as a build until like I have a lot of things. Mm. Um, what about you? What have you played? Uh, we played huh. a quite mammoth game of Everdell. Yeah, yeah, that, it went, it went. Longer About than four hours. Yeah, I've um, never played a game of Everdell that's gone that long. Yeah. Uh, although I don't know how many times we've played four-player Everdell. Uh, we've played with each other like a decent yeah. amount. We played a couple of times with our, our our southern friends. I I think it's a combination of uh, playing in four-player definitely is longer, yes. but also the New Leaf expansion, uh, makes the game longer, and apparently those two things just sort of compounded on top of each other. Yes, and we were playing with two people who have, like, a really good grasp of that kind of strategy stuff. Yeah. It was a, it was a really fun game of Everdale, yeah, though. it really it was, was. Everyone was playing very different strategies at very different pacings. Mm-hmm. Um, Scores like you've never seen before. Yeah. Um, we we had, like, the the two people who we, we haven't played this with uh, in a while almost had their full city of 15 animals before the first season was over. Yes. It was it was quite a thing to see. It was a, it was it was absolutely wild. And then like the following seasons were quite quick. Because it was like, okay, I've largely built a city. I'm going to claim all of the events. Yeah, it it was a game of like everyone was aiming for kind of different things. It it was it was fascinating. Never seen the like of it before. Yeah. It went on so long, but yeah, it was it was really nice. Yeah, and then we played some Betrayal Legacy. We did. Yes. Um, we had to kind of remember how that game works. Yes, I continue to really enjoy that game, but also to be reminded that we need to play it regularly and not leave like four, five, six months between sessions because we always forget what we're doing. Yep. Um. Yeah. It was. It was another. Um. I. 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 We've talked about this game before, but for anyone who doesn't remember or hasn't heard episodes where we've talked about it, it's Betrayal, a game about exploring a spooky house and then something happens and now one of you is probably evil in some way and you're sort of playing against one of your other players. the base game is called Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Yep. Or Betrayal at Baldur's Gate, I think, is the other one. Yeah. There's the the D&D themed one. Uh, This is the legacy game, so it has sort of ongoing elements and things changing and following the story of a bunch of families And at the end of it, it, you will have your own unique copy of Betrayal at the House on the Hill, and you probably won't have played through all of the scenarios. Yeah. Which is nice. I think the thing that this does... Uh, that I think it does really well, but I know is not going to be to everyone's taste and is going to be for frus- some people will find frustrating. I find it a really fun challenge is having incomplete information in the second half of games hmm. about how to do what you're trying to do. Where you're like, I know what my goal is. I have not been given the information I need to know exactly how to do it. And I'm having to watch someone else play 
to try and fathom out what they're doing and if that tells me how to to do what I need to do. Yeah. Um, in like for, uh, trying to be spoiler free, in the the game we just played, there was a certain degree of we need some units to be in a specific location. Yes. But we don't have any way to move them. No. And having to suss out what their goal was so that we could work out how to manipulate them into where we needed them. Yes. And that turned out to be um they need us dead. So and that that, that seems to be their only win condition. So we just have so, to position ourselves yeah, just right. We have to position ourselves in such a way that they have no choice but to go where we want them to go to try and kill us, try and survive and then do it again. Yes. Which it it's a puzzle in and of itself, and one that I find quite satisfying. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoy that about it. I enjoy that, although it's like quite sinister, plays off a lot of horror tropes. Yeah, and and is obviously trying to recapture a lot of the sort of things like uh, we had one that was like, hey, there's you've got to find all these body parts and bury them, uh, or you've yeah. you've got to you know do this particular thing and and take it here or. Uh, or maybe something more yeah. is happening and, and I, there is paranoia yeah. related stuff. I, I still think that the very first, like the prologue mission is I think the most interesting and intelligent uh, conceit yeah. they've had so far. I think it was fascinating, but I have also enjoyed all the horror stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I also enjoy that we're only kind of taking it half seriously. Yeah. Like... We, we, we're getting very into this thing that we're supposed to be treating with a lot of reverence <laughs> to the point where like anytime its name is mentioned it's sort yeah. of echoed around the table yes. of name of thing mm, yes, name of thing, yes, thing. Yes, name of thing. Uh, to the point where towards the end of the last game when I was really struggling was like oh my god am I going to survive like oh I blessed the thing and do the thing yeah. Someone was making jokes about the thing, and we were like, "Oh, it's not." Oh, you've angered the thing. Oh, you've, oh, you've angered the. Th <laughs> <laughs> the The fact that we've managed to keep a little diary yeah. uh, of whoever survived, you write this little diary about what happened in the story uh, that generation. Yeah, you wrote from your perspective what the last game you played were, was like. Yeah, because potentially you might be playing as the same person like forty years later. Yeah. Uh, so that was quite fun, and. Yeah, there's been there's been that aspect of it. I've also liked the fact that you've if you pick up an item that's never been picked up before, there is a possibility that you might be able to add a family crest to it and therefore name it. I I one hundred percent like you are the only person who's ever turned that's over new true. items. Spaces. There are there are, there, are, there, are, there are, this game I got like a new item like one of my old items and one of uh, a new item that hadn't been unnamed and I claimed that. You and have then, like four named items already in that deck. I think I do, yeah. But also, like that, we had uh, the sickle that I think was uh, the green household. Uh, yeah, and they had named that the unicycle. Yeah, there's like one thing that what that you don't own. <laughs> I don't think I own the crossbow. Oh no, I do own the crossbow. That's yeah. why I'm called Fletcher. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you own all of them but one. I I'm pretty sure there are in uh, other people's things in there. <laughs> I'm fairly certain. I, I think, think you I own a disproportionate number. I do. I do have the Ladybird Book of uh, Evil Chanting <laughs> and the uh, what's the other one? 
Oh, oh. the Fisher Price by first burial mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I I'm having fun with the uh, just the re- naming things ridiculously as they as they come out. And for all the items I picked up, they didn't help me not die by the pond. Yay! She who runs past the pond dies by the pond. I died by the pond. Uh, but it was okay. The, we, we, our team won, even if I died trying to make that happen. Your sacrifice was not in vain. No, it was in my arteries and my veins and my cerebral fluid and... My goodness, I was all over the pond. Oh no. But, you know, we'll see what happens when we come back in like another 30 years and maybe the curse will be broken. I don't think the curse is going to be broken. I think we've littered that stuff all through the house and it's only going to get worse. Uh, What what about you? What have you played? Um, The only other thing I've played I'll very quickly talk about is um, I played a bit of Marvel Snap. Ah. The uh the the mobile TCG that a lot of people have been uh playing and saying very positive things about, and I had sort of put off and not really gotten into. And I'd had some people asking me some questions about its monetization. I was like, okay, let's have a look. I'll, I'll have a look. And uh, a little the, the one thing that's a little disappointed about its monetization, which is otherwise like at least currently very fair, is that. Uh, every day there is a a little bonus uh, in-game currency you can get, but to get it you have to go into the paid real money shop and scroll past a bunch of paid real money items to get to your free daily bit of currency, which is like it's a little bit of bullshit. That's a lot of bullshit. Uh, it is it is purely cosmetic uh, microtransactions. Still bullshit that they're in there, but also like for a collectible card game, I was really surprised that there was not a way to. Uh, purchase essentially digital booster packs mm. or buy individual cards um it's not a case of you uh there's no randomness to getting cards uh to add to your deck and you never need more than one of a card um because the only way to unlock cards that i'm aware of at least right now is play the game you throughout by playing will move up a uh a, a, a sort of leveling thing and you will just get new cards as you level up, but also that will matchmake you with other people who are at that point on the leveling up thing. So you'll be playing with people with the same pool of cards as you, uh, largely. Hmm. Like maybe a little higher than you, but like very rarely are people going to have access to cards that you don't, uh, which is pretty well balanced. Um, it is a, a deck builder um, themed around Marvel superheroes that uh, works with 12 card decks, and a maximum game length of six turns, um, occasionally seven, and I'll, I'll talk about locations, uh, I guess, first. Uh, so the way the game plays out is that you have uh, a board split into three areas, and over the first three turns of the six-turn match, each turn one of these locations will be revealed, and it will do something uh, when cards are played there. It might be decrease the costs of of certain high cost cards uh, to make them easier to play. It might be whoever has the most cards in this location uh, gets a bunch of bonus points towards winning the match. It might be um, cards that are played here can't be of certain levels. Uh, but interestingly, if there's restrictions on what cards can be played in a space, if you play a card in that place before the location's revealed the restriction doesn't retroactively apply. Mm. So sometimes it's worth taking a gamble on 
putting a card on an unrevealed space in case it's the space that's going to limit what can be there and you get in before the restriction. Okay. Um, uh, the pacing of the game is kind of dictated similarly to something like Magic the Gathering where you have um, the mana curve of like you can only play one land per turn in Magic the Gathering therefore by say turn six you're probably only going to be playing about cost six cards. Um, I know there are ways to get around it but this is very similar. Turn one, you have one energy to spend on a card. Mm -hmm. uh, turn six, you have six energy to spend on a card. Unless, for example, a location has sort of changed how that works. Um, so you've got to build your 12 card deck around making sure you have low cost cards to be able to get out on the board and start doing things in the early turns. Uh, but a decent number of heavy hitters ready to throw out in those high expensive uh, end turns. Mm -hmm. uh, which, like, forces the deck balancing to be a pretty, like, easy curve to follow. You're largely looking at, I know I need about this many cards of these numbers, which one do I want my cards of those numbers to be? Yeah. Um, I understand why people are really into it. I think that the, uh, the, the fact it's limited to six turns and there is a timer uh, that prevents you taking forever to decide what to do on your turn keeps matches down to, like, under three or four minutes, which... Mm. For a card game like that is like pretty pretty well paced. Mm. Uh, the mechanic that people are gonna love or hate, and like for some people it's going to be a real FOMO builder, and for some people it's gonna be really engaging. Is if you think you're in a position where okay, let me rewind slightly. Um, you, whenever you play a game of Marble Snap, uh, you have uh, a resource that uh, is on the line. Like, one of these little cubes is going to be won or lost by whoever wins or loses. If you think that you are likely to win, you can gamble uh, this this sort of in-game currency by, go, by, by snapping the cube and going, I, I think I'm going to win and I'm so confident, let's raise the wager to two. Mm. Um, so it's now two cubes, and if the other player's also confident, they can go... Well, I'll 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 double it again. Well, let's go up to four cubes. I'm I'm that confident I'm going to win. And if you are scared by someone's bet and you're like, oh, you're willing to raise it to that point, you're very confident in winning. You can retreat. You can sort of quit the match early and not lose that full amount of cubes. So you are gambling on the like, if I stay in and play this full match, how how confident am I that I'm going to win? Do I think they're calling, calling, uh, that they're bluffing? Should I call their bluff? There is a sort of poker reading element of what is the game state on the table and the cards in my hand? Do I think they, do I sincerely think they have an answer to this board state that is going to defeat me? Mm. Uh, and sort of playing, playing chicken a little bit with what you think they can achieve with the limited turns available? Yeah. Um, it's a really interesting mind game that is not going to be for everyone because uh, making a, a gamble and getting up to like eight cubes or whatever and then losing and going, oh, okay, well, I've got to play again now to try and get those cubes back. I can see how that could be a real problem. Yes. But, and not necessarily a good mindset for certain people to be in. Yes. Um, and the other thing is like, this game doesn't have a lot of overt push to monetization other than having to go through the cosmetic shop and see the real money cosmetics to get your freebie. Um, but it also feels like a game that if it gets popular and stays popular, could down the line very easily have more predatory monetization put into it. Like, it feels like 
they could Trojan horse in mm. worse stuff later once people are invested. It's yeah. got that vibe. Um, good engaging game, but like bear those caveats in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you play anything else this week? Not really. No, it's been a it's been a pretty played late week. Uh, well then, time for this. Coming up next on Ladies Light Programming, we'll be talking to Esmeralda Smythe about the transes. Now, Esmeralda, you, you're going to tell us about uh, some some very important things about the transes and the awful things that they're doing all the time, all the terrible, terrible, uh, just awful things that they're doing, all the badness. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know who you think you've brought on as... Yes, no, I oh, was here. Esmeralda Smythe, isn't it? I was here, yes, I was here to... I was, we weren't I, here for a job interview, we've not made that mistake No, again. no, 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 I, I was here to yes. talk about, uh, to dispel misconceptions and, and, and misgivings about the trans community. Well, how can you dispel the, 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 the misconceptions about the trans community? I mean, obviously they're, they're just doing this in order to get into uh, the, the women's uh, ladies' uh, powder rooms that are uh, desperately trying to get in there. I, I I very much disagree. Not only is there no evidence that that is happening, but also there are so much easier ways. Like, surely if someone wanted to go do a crime in the ladies' room, they'd just put on a high-vis jacket and pretend they were there to do the mopping or something. But they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. They're much more underhanded than that, wouldn't they? They're, they're, busy, they're busy out there doing awful things like trying to, to snatch the children away and commit surgeries on them. No, no, no. Surgeries do not happen on children at all. Um, that you know, and no one's trying. No one's trying to force anyone to be trans or encourage people to be trans. We're just trying to make sure that the options there for people who are trans to get the help that they need. Well, well, well where do you stand? Where, what, what do you say to those who who are insisting that uh, the the trans people are are, are raising women? Like, like they they they're pulling out one of those large. Uh, oversized pencils from their cartoonish trousers, and 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 using the the large eraser to literally remove them from from the world. What do you say to that that uh, reality? Hmm? Uh, That's just biological facts. It's certainly not a biological fact. Um, why would I want to to erase women and get rid of women? Women are women are great. Women are so great. I was like, hey, I'm I'm one of them. Please, women. Women. I'm very much a fan of women existing. Why would I want to erase them? So don't have a big big pencil with it. I do not have a big eraser. I'm not. I'm not using a giant pencil to erase. Women from existence. Have you not been using a vacuum cleaner then? Perhaps some kind of vacuum cleaner, high powered, maybe, no. and sucking them up, getting them out of society where they can't where they can't be heard. No, no, stealing I, their voices like no, some kind of no, sea witch. Not even giving having the decency to give them legs. No, I love listening to women, not the bigoted ones, but women generally. Yes. You're not. You're not. You're not doing that. No. Sometimes oh. I will actively give a megaphone to women and be like, "Hello, women, say words more loudly." And you're oh, well, did what? Hmm. Well, perhaps I have to think more about my biases. Anyway, thank you. This has been Ladies Light Programming on the BBC. Coming up next on the programme, we're interviewing Dickinson Jones, a ministerial uh, government contact, about the, uh, the the recent changes to the right to protest and strike. Uh, welcome, welcome onto the show. Well, thank you, thank you for having me, of course, it's a delight to have me here. 
Well, uh, I, I wanted to ask you about... Um, uh, you, a lot of people are very concerned about the fact you seem to be sort of striking down on the right to protest and strike and basically do anything that uh, would show sort of opposition to what your government is doing and up to. Uh, what do you say to critics who say that, that you've left them with no avenue to raise their concerns to you? Bally nonsense, bally nonsense, absolute bally nonsense. We've, we've made sure that everyone has a, a right to be heard, to be heard, but not to cause, you know, any kind of uh, uh, annoyance or distress to the general populace. People are just trying to go about their day, they're just trying to do their work. And just trying to be good, proper members of society, unlike those lazy, scrounging strikers. Well, we've come up with a new uh, way of dealing with things, and uh, that is the concern receptacles. Concern receptacles will be assigned to every uh, village and, and town and city, probably several in some of the cities, and that will be a way where people can just leave their grievances there and make sure that their voice is heard and understood by the right people. And uh, what do you say to um, claims that have been spreading in from around the country that these uh, these new concern receptacles are just shredders with the word concern receptacle written on the side? Bally nonsense. That would be absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. You have to... You know the 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 internet is is you've you've seen the 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 cables that the internet comes through very very thin very very thin and obviously you know we can't have uh, a, a member of of the party in in every town uh, freely available obviously they have you know second and third jobs to get to and money to squirrel away offshore they can't have. Uh, I'm. You're gonna cut that bit. Yeah, you're gonna no, cut that bit. Not at yes. All, not uh, at all. You, yes, you will. I, I'll see. I'll see you hang if you don't. And uh, so, uh, yes. Yeah, so you have to make sure that the uh, suggestions are, are uh, made very small so that they can fit down the internet, uh, the, the pipes there. Well, I have one of the concern receptacle here, and there's no pipe going out of it, and it it, it does make a lot of noise while it uh, turns the suggestions into ribbons. Yeah, yeah, well, then the ribbons are fed in separately. That's job creation, that. Okay, well, uh, the, this uh, un- this interview, which I will remind you, is live and can be delightful. Yes, live uh, is, is uh, over. Yes. Thank you for your. I'm answers. going back for my supper at Parliament. <laughs> so, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? Uh, again, not a lot this week. I I had things that were on my list that I was going to watch and then just didn't didn't get around to them. Have we watched anything together this week? I'm trying to think if we've watched anything together. Uh, we watched the New Orcs Venture. Oh, we did. Uh, what was what was it called? That was Grad Attitude. This is the one from oh. EGX 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely as always. Yes. Uh, someone someone has lied on their magical CV and now needs you to go. Help, help, help me do all the things I said I did. Help me do all the things I claim to have done. Help me fill out my magic CV, please. We have to help Jonathan the Knight to do, <laughs> to, to, to pretend to have done magical stuff uh, uh, and, and slaying of, of things and such. And yeah, that was a, a fun little adventure while we a, sorted out dyeing our hair. It was a fun, silly little time. It was. Have you watched anything else? Uh, I watched a couple of things on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched... Are the Yu-Gi-Oh! time rules broken? 
uh, Magical Hats by MBT Yu-Gi-Oh! on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is the start of a new series uh, that this creator is doing where they've gotten a bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh! creators together. And the, the, the idea is, here is a topic. Three of you give your sincere opinions on this. And one of you has to come up with a fake take and make it believable. And then everyone has to try and catch who has come up with the fake. That's that. You don't really believe that thing. Mm. Uh, There was a little bit of some silliness with the concept on the first one. But uh, the the topic they were all discussing was um, time rules in Yu-Gi-Oh. Specifically around tournaments and the fact that... um, Yu-Gi-Oh! tournament matches have time limits. Mm-hmm. And the way that the uh, the game works in tournament settings is if time runs out, you are allowed to play to the end of the turn, uh, at which point whoever has the most life points is the winner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has in some cases led to some, uh, some kind of shitty play in that people will sometimes um, deliberately play cards that aren't advancing them towards a winning game state, but are technically changing the game state and therefore can't the judges can't stop them doing it. Right. Um, to play for time to try and get a win on time. So, like, for example, um, there's a lot of cards in Yu-Gi-Oh! that will massively raise your life points. Right. Um, which isn't getting you close, any closer to getting your opponent's life points down to zero, but it is technically changing the game state and is a legitimate thing to be doing but if you're losing a match and time is not far from ending you might for example do a combo that is designed to be like I'm going to give myself 15,000 life points and uh, I'm not in a position to beat you but because I have more life points I win Um, which is not necessarily healthy no that's just playing the uh, the the letter yeah. of the law rather than the spirit. Yeah, because like y- Yu-Gi-Oh has rules around um, in tournaments doing things that are clearly like, let's say you were winning on life points and wanted to stall for time, doing a combo that is going nowhere and it's not doing anything, but it is mo- shuffling cards around and doing things with cards hmm. because you're trying to play for time. That's easier to litigate. Yes. Um, but also like... It is a, yeah, it is complicated to work out what you can actually do about that as a situation because, Mm. like, you need to have some mechanism in place to stop games going on forever in a tournament setting where you're trying to get through several rounds of competition, but also how do you stop people being being like that about it? Um, What about you? You watched anything else this week? I watched The Making of Tron 1982 full documentary on the Sean Dudley channel on YouTube. It's an hour and a half documentary about making the visual side of Tron. I say that specifically. It's an hour and a half documentary and they didn't mention the soundtrack once. But um, yeah, it was fascinating about how that was done in an age when computer graphics were... Largely required to, to be plotted out from from coordinates, rather than uh, needing being able to just go. Yeah, I can see this on screen. Yeah, I can ad- advance that frame and and flick it back and forth and and check it digitally. No, you're just gonna have to stick it in a computer and render it overnight or the over the next couple of nights and hope in the morning that the six hundred. Uh, pieces of information you typed in by hand 
actually make the thing do the thing correctly. Yeah. And uh, all the stuff about uh, the the sort of light uh, or, or the animation style that they had done. Why that sort of light piping around characters and stuff. Mm. Uh, it was quite a fascinating watch. And I had no idea that it came from the same studio that did the Animal Olympics. Which I remember desperately wanting to watch as a kid, and I still to this day don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah. <laughs> not not all the way through anyway. But mm. um yeah, it was it was it was a, a fun thing to look at the uh the sort of infancy of, of that level of graphics. A film that couldn't get nominated for for an award for its uh, uh special effects because the Academy said, Yeah, but you use computers, that's cheating. Mm-hmm. That was a time, wasn't it? That sure was a time. <laughs> uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else? Uh, the only other thing uh, I, 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 I uh, really watched, it was called Can You Beat Sonic Heroes Without Jumping? by Meaty Jesus. As the name suggested, is a video about attempting to beat the video game Sonic Heroes, or at the very least the uh, Sonic Tails and Knuckles uh, portion, without jumping or flying at any point. And... Uh, the interesting logistical questions that come up around what counts as a jump, what counts as flying, and how can you break a game beyond all recognition. Um, it, it's fascinating watching people do, like, no jump challenges going, okay, what can you discover about how this game works that you can just hope and pray will get you past problems? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Uh, we watched... We watched the... Uh, uh, on the No Pun Included channel, the Myth of Vagrant Song, Board Game Biographies Episode 2. Oh, yeah. About the history of hoboing and some of the sort of characters and elements used in the game Vagrant Song. Because we got this as a UDP, a, a late UDP gift. I was like, I swear I remember somebody doing like a breakdown about the things around this game. Yes. Uh, so it's sort of interesting to sort of go, and what actually was that? Uh, now that we had it in hands, and and learning about things like the history of Hank Blue, yeah. and some of the the language used to describe the uh, the ghosts or or the haints in this game, and 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 where that comes from, and uh, and and the sort of history around the way people were treated, you know, post post civil war and such and and the history of uh, people riding the rails and so forth and yeah it it is a really interesting video about a game that uh has such a mixed uh response to how it deals with real world people and issues and topics yes and clear like there are things that are really interesting about it and things that are like oh yeah you you know this is a thing, but you don't know enough or didn't care enough to use it in a context that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Like you, you've you've taken aspects. You've just gone. Oh yeah, that's either related to riding the rails or uh, the concept of hoboing or hauntings, but also not quite got it. Very much in the vein of uh, 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 somebody who might say something along the lines, a white person who might say something along the lines of, I want to get dreadlocks because I think they look cool. Not because yeah. I understand anything around that. 
Yeah, it is a really well-made video. It's very well put together. Yeah, uh, I'm very often very insightful uh, is the no planning yeah. pun included channel. I, I like that they do lots of very interesting things around the subject of board games that a lot of channels don't go, don't really do. They just go, here is a game, we reviewed it, we liked it or didn't like it. Yeah. And they will go much more into the de- in depth with the here are some possibilities about, you know, cultural stuff that you might not know about. Oh, that's real cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else? Uh, I did watch the first episode of Pokemon Journeys. Uh, oh, I forget what the subseries is called. The final 12 episodes of Ash and Pikachu before they move on okay, from them yeah, as yeah. protagonists. Uh, the sort of little miniseries. And... Uh, it's really nice uh, seeing that it, it's they're very clearly trying to do a love letter to longtime fans of the anime. Mm. Um, you, you've got Ash Ash's voice actor singing the the Pokemon theme tune, singing the "I want to be the very best like no one ever was" yeah. in character. And uh, you, I feel like we might be gearing up to Ash finally catching a legendary Pokemon for the first time. What? Um, also, there is the implication that perhaps. Uh, Jesse and James and Team Rocket might, as I had been suspecting and telling people I think might happen, might be uh, might carry forward into the future series without Ash and Pikachu. Yeah. Um, they are definitely they've gone to um the the Paldea region, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be the setting of the next anime. Um, they have encountered uh the box legendary from Scarlet. Oh my. Um, and and had a start of a little interaction, uh, but it's it's been really nice seeing like uh, the story that's unfolding has been very much like getting a bunch of Ash's Pokemon that he hasn't used in a very long time from past series, oh. or that one on his like ultimately stuck with team for the series have been coming back and getting to do things. It's been nice seeing him use like a lot of the backup Pokemon. Uh, from his team that have like presumably been sat in in Bill's PC box for a while, mm-hmm. being like, "Nah, let's let, let's go on adventures with them for a while." It it seems like a nice little love letter, and there's I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. I don't suppose we might be seeing Ash's Butterfree come back. Oh, uh, they 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 heavily hinted at it that um Gosh. we're probably getting a um a a bye bye butterfree reunion uh so i am excited for that a hi hi butterfree yeah there's there's a lot of things i am i think one of uh, that might be it i think one of the episode titles in this might be it might have referenced bye bye butterfree so i saw a lot of people going oh shit bye bye butterfree um response Mm. but yeah i'm excited to see where they're going with it what about you uh that's about it for me that's about it for me well then (gasps) Time for this. Oh, no, got sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you live in a flat where you need to be noise conscious? I mean, not, not, not a. Maybe I, I, I do like to be conscious of of the neighbours. Are you in a public space where screaming might distress those around you? I mean, not at this moment, but sometimes. Slap this device onto your face and scream into your void about your terrifying fears. Ah! Barely any sound will escape. Probably even less than that. There we go. Sorry, I hadn't turned it up to high yet. There we go. 
You have to open the aperture to the void much wider. That's personal silencer. Dot lol dot net. Enter the code Q and P S two four four, and you can get ten percent of your personal silencer. Personal silencer because existential dread doesn't have to inconvenience the neighbours. Exactly. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So. We begins bad, uh, bad uh, publicity reasons. What is going on? I know. Do we not pay enough for the good? Well, I mean, look. Apparently, uh, releasing rushed game after rushed game after rushed game on top of having a bunch of news stories about us being terrible, terrible people. Right. On top of uh, the fact that we keep crunching our employees. Right. And we're making less money than than ever with our games. All of this apparently reflects pretty badly on us. What? Yeah, yeah, apparently people think because we're at the top, we, you know, it's our fault when stuff goes wrong. Our fault. Nothing our. is ever our fault. Exactly, exactly. So I, I think I've got a pretty direct and smart way to handle this. Uh, pretty, pretty on point. Right. What if we we simply publicly shame our workers and blame it on them? We're like, uh, hey, why are our games not selling more? It's uh, it's the workers, the people making them. Yeah, no they want it to not them. work all the time, and you know, Have not weekends. And yeah, weekends and, and time off yeah. and, and reasonable wages. Yeah. That's why we don't have any money to make games, and that's why we're you know not even announcing games before we cancel yeah, them. Yeah, you should. They should be making games be- better for less money. You know, make right. them, make them better so they sell better and faster. Yeah, and faster for less money. Right. Maybe then we'd be making more money. It's their right. problem. Absolutely so, their problem. Um, you know, I, I I hope you don't mind. I thought this was such a, a an airtight idea that I yeah. just pushed it out the door. I sent the press release out this of morning. Yeah, uh, yeah, Because yeah, like, yeah. there's no way that could go wrong, right? You know? It, Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, I, I mean, look, it seems like we're going to have a nice easy day off. Maybe we go Cost. play some golf or... Uh, I love golf. Wait. St- mm. You're making the noise. I don't um, like the noise. No, I, I don't like the noise either. Um... Apparently all the staff have walked out. I thought we'd chain them to the desks. Or were we just floating that idea? I think we were floating it. Uh, ah. Yeah, it's a little late now, but maybe... We, mm, yeah, we gotta... I don't know where they've gone, but we gotta get we gotta get some chains installed. Yeah, yeah. You are a fucking genius. And those, those staff, they're in trouble. Yeah. And don't worry, we won't let him escape again. Let me assure you, this was not your fault. You I, are always I'm in the right. Gl- I'm glad. I'm glad that I am definitely in the right. It's their fault for running away. Right? Right. Exactly. It exactly. shows the lack of moral fiber on their part. This is exactly what we were saying. Right, yeah. You know, this is what happens when you ha- you get paid too much, you get too many times off, you start getting ideas that, you know, aren't making video games. How dare they? How dare they? are fucking rude. I know. So, what have you put in your ears? Uh, nothing new this week other than things that have been on while we played board games, which I think you've got the record of because they're in in your... The records! It's just been listening to stuff I already know very well because either I'm working or I'm travelling to London to stumble into varying events and... You know, uh, uh, there's not a time for new stuff. We listened to 
Uh, I think I've talked about this several times before. So on the Lo-Fi Chill Music channel, Aesthetic Song, Adventure Time, Lo-Fi for Witches Only, Lo-Fi Calm Chill Beats. <laughs> for Witches Only, For say. Witches Only. It's two hours and 37 minutes of just like Lo-Fi, lo-fi Chill Beats that we put on while we listened to, uh, or while we played um, Everdell. Yeah. And then the next thing that came up in the queue automatically was Aesthetic Song, It's Raining, Lo-Fi for Witches, Lo-Fi slash Calm slash Chill Beats on the Douglas V. Rogers channel. And that's three hours and 45 minutes of Lo-Fi Chill Beats. And they were good. It was indeed a bunch of Lo-Fi Chill Beats. It was. Uh, We also listened to the Root Ambience Music, Musique d'Ambiance, board game musical. Might have talked about this one before as well. It's it's also good for the Everdell music. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, we listened to some somebody dies in this elevator. Oh, we did. We yes. did. We've, we've talked about this podcast before. Short stories that all take place in an elevator of some kind. And somebody um, dies in and one of those elevators. somebody dies in some way, sort of. Yes. So this is your first experience with someone who someone dies in this elevator. Uh, yeah, I keep meaning to get around to it and just not really getting around to it. Yeah, um, so this is from season two. The first episode was, uh, episode two, Returning Home. Yeah. About somebody who built the, uh, a space elevator or is like primary. Yeah, was part uh, of the crew building a space elevator. Yeah. Um, yes, it, it deals with heavy subject yes. matter. But I think it does a really admirable job of being very, very tasteful mm-hmm. and nuanced in how it does it. It was a very beautiful performance. Yeah, I, I think that, like the the very first episode, I think it, it covered a very t- difficult subject in a really uh, respectful way. And I really appreciated that. There was yeah. also, gosh, let's see. Episode zero I listened to, which is called Natural Causes. And, my goodness, how would I even explain this? Somebody has had a curse put on them. Okay. Where they can only say the opposite of what they feel. Basically, they can only lie. Okay. And uh, they write to this person saying, It would be a terrible thing if you came and, and spoke to me. And uh, came to came to this uh, city. That would be the worst thing, the absolute worst. I think it would be terrible if you came, and it, I would it would in no way please me whatsoever if you would you were to come and assist me in going to see the uh, leader of this village. That would be absolutely the worst thing at all. Yours uh, in in the worst possible way. Please don't ever contact me. Leaf. Aha. And this person's like, I'm an adventurer. You know what? I'm I'm up for whatever this adventure is. I I'm just up wanna... for whatever the hell is happening here. And works out that basically this person is saying the opposite of what they mean most of the time. And and it is specifically that they can't lie. Like they can talk about things generally. Yes. But if if they are asked like to say something specific, they yeah. will always have to lie. And, okay. and the the way they got that curse is quite interesting, and the way that curse might be broken is also quite fascinating, but I don't want to spoil it. 
that is a, just a really fascinating story. Does, and, um, does perchance someone have to die in an elevator? <laughs> uh, that would be telling. I suppose it would. Uh, we listened to The Flying Chair, which I think was the next one. Yes, one that um, is much less directly and obviously about an elevator. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> it is, uh, it's it's, it's uh, more abstract in its uh, elevating device. It is. It was um, yeah, also quite just generally... I, I was less gripped by the story overall. Yes. I, I felt less engaged with it, but I don't think it was a bad story. It, it was just less... It wouldn't be one I would recommend people to go, this is why you should listen to this show. I'd say it was a tough act to follow, to be honest. Yeah. I of, of the two, I think I think if I'd heard them the other way around, I'd have been like, uh, oh, it yeah, it was some whiplash. Uh, the next, and so the next two I listened to are called climbing, climbing and rise. Mm. I can't remember which one is which from these. <laughs> uh, one of them is about sort of one of those death game show type concepts. Okay. There's a weird future city where everyone's built on top of everyone else and somebody's greatest memory is just one day the, there was a, a fierce wind that blew through the city and it blew all the smog away and all the grit and the dirt that was hanging in the air and we saw blue sky for the first time ever in our entire lives and had the first breath of, breath of truly fresh air. And basically it seems that the game show is two people fight to the death and based on audience score of, of, of okay, how they feel at the yeah. end, uh, one one is fully dead, the other one gets to live and go and live in in all the lap of luxury at the top. But two months from now you will have to come back and do this all again. And it's like defeating the reigning champion who's been up there a while. Uh, or, or attempting to, and basically finding that the the game, as it was, is is perhaps not all they they thought it might be. Yeah. They just wanted an experience to see a, for a better life, and what that might be like. But they'd never watched the show themselves. They didn't mm. really uh, know what they were getting into. They was just like, my life is so bad that I am willing to risk it, just to just to try and get something better. Yeah, it's got that really uh, real fifteen million merits Black Mirror type See, vibe. Yeah, that was the first thing that jumped to mind. Like I, I, the the sort of desperation and turning to to a death game thing feels a little Squid Game, but mm -hmm. like the fifteen million merits feels like that sort of play for our play for our amusement or uh, or your life will never change. Mm -hmm. Um, another one I listened to is called Food Sciences. Okay. It's somebody who's trying to, you know, basically, you know, put in a bit of extra work. They're in on a Sunday. They're in this building and they get into a lift with uh, a researcher from a, a different floor who deals largely in bio biological stuff. Uh -huh. He's a botanist. He mainly deals with plant stuff. And, you know, there's there's a little bit of rivalry between the departments. But he is being introduced to a cow called Bessie, who is a carny cow. Mm. A cow that they have specially bred to eat mice. The concept being, what if the cow could survive, like, um, famines and so forth? 
and also be a way of getting rid of pests. Okay. What if what if the cow could do that? Love loves vipers, loves mice. And what could go wrong with two people in a lift with a cow on a Sunday? That is carnivorous. That is, that is omnivorous. Yeah. She she does say that it's omnivorous, but uh, mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh next one to listen to is called Depths of Octilio Mine. Ocotillo Mine, which is about two people breaking into a mine shaft, uh, Mm. an abandoned mine, uh, and one telling the other one the history of the mine while they're going down the elevator. Yeah. And stuff happens and I can't tell you, but... uh, that is a really fascinating story, and I, I won't go further into it. And the last one, last one that is currently available, is called Mourn the Slaughter, which I'm probably going to go into slight spoilers on this one, is just a fascinating concept of... There's a sort of a, a, a dandy, and he's uh, currently being held in a lift with obviously one of those sort of shutter gate lifts you you might find yeah. in back in history and he's not b- being given any food for for 6 days oh no the only thing that is there in there is in there with him is a live chicken which the people holding him there are feeding uh basically he has done wrong to uh, one of his captors uh they're both vampires okay he wronged one of his captors, and uh, he's talking about how he's a genius and how he's mm. always right and he's done all the best things and he's been terribly well educated and this and that and the other and how he's basically superior in every way. And um, just ba- basically, he's like, "I'm going to die here. I'm going to starve. It's going to be the. It's going to be terrible. And you, you're, you're awful monsters. You are." And they said, there is absolutely a way out of this cage. You just have to stop thinking about yourself and and you will find the answer to this puzzle. We're giving you a fair and fighting chance. And I will tell you off camera, off recording, what the uh, solution to the puzzle is, if you like. Okay, sure. But, uh, but uh, I'm obviously not going to say it for spoilers yeah. here. But it is a fascinating concept while also telling like this story of class and the concept of who is the real monster obviously comes up Mm. all the time and and you know good and evil right and wrong and and people who insist that by their education or their class or where they were born or in what conditions they were born Mm. they they seem to see themselves as superior when they very much aren't uh, what about you? Uh, I think that's all I've listened to, really. I've, I've, I've not had a listen-heavy week. Again, Tuesday's usually my listen-to-some-new-stuff yeah. day. Well, then. <gasps> Look at this. Oh, so they've, uh, they've got you on on, on those uh, those drugs, have they? Yeah? Got you on those those highly addictive drugs, have they? You know, you'll be oh, you're getting your fix every day now, aren't you? 
on the NHS, getting your fix on the NHS, Wait, is it? Wait, what, 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 what drugs are these? And you're highly addictive. Well, I've heard about you, you know, you went in and you you told some sob story or whatever, you make some up and, you, and then, then they just give you drugs. And no, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I literally don't know what you're talking about. What, dr- what, what, what was this? Yeah, you know, the highly addictive drugs you're taking, you know, and you do it and you take them and, you know, you get, you know, always, oh, I suppose you, you're craving clucking for more, is it? Oh, yeah, that's wait, what wait, the kids wait, are saying. What drugs for what thing? What, you what? know, with your, 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 your made-up ADHD thing. Oh, my ADHD medication. I'm really sorry. I completely forgot that existed. I'm pretty sure I forgot to take that today. With the, the high, the, the very dangerous high. Oh, addictive. sorry. Yeah, the very, oh, very highly addictive. Very, exactly. very addictive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely don't forget to take them like almost a third of the time, just like completely and utterly forget, and then get to like four in the afternoon and go, oh shit, I was meant to have my meds. That's why I've not been. Because see, the problem is, is I forget to have them because they help me remember things. So until I've had them, I don't remember that I have to have them. And then I have them, and then I go, oh shit, I'm supposed to have them. I like a story. Yeah, so got the new uh, maps for Call of Duty here. Um, yeah, yeah. Re- yeah, 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 yeah. Like the new version of that map from 2016 that everyone oh. really liked. That They've just done it in slightly higher graphics, and now there's some kind of uh, T-Rex for some reason. Oh well, well that 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 sounds that sounds stupid. Let me tell you what oh. I've been. Let me, oh, well, I mean, yeah. look, I'm sure it's fine, but like, well, let me know, tell you about. Let me tell you about yeah. the newest thing I've been playing. Right, right, yeah, right. It's yeah, going to require yeah, yeah. a bit of explaining to get to to get to the game. So, well, like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you know, yeah. you know, I got in on M- M- NFTs. Yeah, like, oh yeah, you yeah, got right got, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got yeah, that uh, yeah. that that sort of alligator uh, alligator yeah, Well. Yeah. Uh, it turns out they do something now. All oh, right, I yeah, can, yeah. I can, so, uh, you know, yeah. it's like that's just just money, isn't it? Oh no, no, no! Now it's, it's money it's, that does it's like, stuff. It's money that does stuff. No, so like it's my not. my alligator, my uh, bemused alligator JPEG, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. gives me access to a a, a bedroom pass. Which right. I can use uh, during the three weeks in the middle of March right, to play yeah. uh, the the new uh, the new bemused alligator game right. called uh, Come Come Crusaders. Oh, uh, where, right. where yeah. you've you've got to have one of the NFTs to get the pass to play. Except right. where only yeah. people with the Oof, NFTs yeah. can get the pass, but you could give the pass to someone else, and then if they've got the pass, they could use it to play. I well, yeah, you wouldn't want that. You can't go, you know, funging around the place. Well, exactly, exactly. It's, you know, digital transfer of ownership and that. What? So uh, you've got, like, uh, three yeah, weeks yeah. that you can play the game, and it's like it's right. it's a high-score-seeking game right. about trying to uh, go, and, go and collect... Uh, 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 mystical crystals from inside someone's urethra. You're trying to, right, you're trying to go right. and get the magical cum gems. Right. Um, you cum know, gems. Not, yeah. Not like kidney stones or no or no 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 they're special cum gems right yeah because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. funny right because yeah. you don't usually get video games about that so it's clever no. right and like you gotta go and get the gems out well, and that sounds he... like it would be sore though yeah 
I mean, I you, I, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't want gems, you know, in my. Well, no, in, well, they're not in mine. They're in the virtual one that I'm yeah, going in the well, game, you know, so it's yeah, fine. Just if I mean, if that is biologically accurate, you know, yeah, maybe yeah, I maybe have concerns. Is, I yeah. Maybe, yeah. So, yeah, you know, so once you've got, I don't the, look or touch. You know, that would be, yeah. you know, that wouldn't be right. So, like, once you play the game, which yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. honest, is basically just uh, glorified Tetris. Uh, Glory, to, hell, Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, your high score will uh, determine how many uh, fudge passes you get, which can then be redistributed to. Oh, they can be fudge. Well, except, well, the the the, the passes can be fudge because right. they're not NFTs; they're just passes you get from the NFTs. Right. So yeah. you can fudge the pass, right? Uh, and depending on how many fudge passes you get, right. you can convert those into new. Um, begrudging alligator NFTs which oh, are like right. slightly different they're not bemused anymore they're yeah, begrudging yeah, you know? yeah. what's the um, reset on them like uh, well we don't have them yet so I oh, don't right. know so like yeah, you know yeah, if you're yeah. part of the subject uh, the subset of people who has a bemused alligator and plays this game and then gets a bemoan uh, a begrudging alligator right, yeah, yeah. you can then sort of uh, trade trade that in for Come credits which might be worth something unless you yeah, are number yeah, yeah. one in the world leaderboard and then you get the golden key that will probably does something we don't know what oh yeah well yeah well so like yeah. that's what i'm i'm playing well it's philosophical isn't it yeah 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 yeah, yeah well like yeah, what yeah. if we were truly the gem in the come all along I mean, you know, technically we were, you know, the chosen one out of all to come, and you know, that's how how that stuff happens. Yeah. But you know, maybe maybe that is, you know, a statement about the nature of being and non-being, and, and you know what it is to be a human being. You know, maybe we are all just come gems. And really, I think this was all of that, all of that that you've read into it yeah, was, was yeah. planned from the start and is very deliberate. Yeah, and, uh, so, I mean, it's deeper than we is, think, you know. This is the smart, this is the very intelligent future of video games. Well, this right is why here. you make, you know, the smart investment. This is why I'm working, you know, six jobs at the moment so that I can eventually get my own alligator, you know. I mean, it might not be as good as yours because, you know, I hear they've, you know, you started to run out of, of the, you know, the really good ones. You know, I have to get the one with, like, the beige cardigan now. You know, there's no chance of, yeah. of you get, <laughs> getting one with, like, sunglasses or, or anything. You know, I've just got, you know... Don't worry, don't yeah. worry. When I've got the good, uh, the good begrudging alligator, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. you can have my uh, you can have my bemoaned alligator. Oh, that's real nice. Of you. That's real nice. Of you. Yeah. you know, I, I appreciate that. You it's know, all right. The, it's all right. I share mean, share by that it, time, like, it'll probably be you know, like worth you know, hundred billion because it's you know that one that, that people knows about in it. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe it will. Maybe it'll be worth nothing because it's not begrudging anymore. It's not begrudging. That's the new shit. So oh, who knows? well, you know, I wouldn't begrudge it either way, mate. I want to see more of. What do you want to see more of? Virtual Justice Warriors. Virtual Justice Warriors. Yeah. All right, mate. Oh, all right. How you doing? 
oh, you know, uh, bearing up, you know, it's uh, getting real cold at the moment, real, no, real no, struggling yeah. to keep warm, but, you know. Yeah, I was outside for a bunch of today, it was real chilly, yeah. Yeah, you, uh, you been up too much? Oh, just watching uh, the uh, the union between uh, between uh, England and Scotland start to fall apart. I mean, it's been coming for a long time, you know. Well, I mean, yeah. Really paying attention. I mean, it's certainly not the start of it falling apart, but this certainly seems like one of the larger dominoes to have fallen. Uh... Yeah, weirdly, uh, you know, of, of all the things I thought would finally put the uh, nail in the coffin would be... Uh... Would be trans rights. I really, yeah, really wouldn't have been my guess, but uh, yeah, I've been watching this whole thing with, uh, you know, the uh, the UK after twenty five years breaking precedent and uh, stepping in to try and stop Scotland passing that uh, GRA reform. Yeah, um, you know, we we are we celebrating, you know, finally some positive change for for trans people in at least uh, some one part of the UK, and now. Uh, Rishi's like, whoa, no, 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 no. Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, a lot of his arguments have been absolute bullshit. There was originally his uh, his first sort of talks on the point were like, well, you know, uh, Scottish people can just come down and get a UK GRA before they come down into England. Uh, you know, it's a quick, simple process. And that like, is not the case. Yeah, no, you you should, you should are not going to be requiring people from Scotland who are trans to have like an eight-month wait to be able to come and visit the UK, you know, that's bullshit. Then it became like, oh no, it's undermining the Equality Act. It's like, no, the Equality Act is nothing to do with it. The Equality Act, you know, allows... Uh, you, access... my friend, do not understand the Equality exactly. Act. The Equality Act is what protects trans people's, uh, sta- uh, you know, legal status. The GRA and gender recognition certificates are just like marriage and death, really. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much just marriage, death and taxes. Yeah. Um, but like, you know... Uh, it is fascinating seeing the UK pick this as the hill to die on with regards to this. Well, literally, possibly to die on. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, that's. I the mean, thing, I've like, wanted to, to, you know, seed from uh, from from White Whitehall for a while, but you know, uh, I, I think uh, I think Scotland might be uh, finally getting their way. Yeah. And from well, what that, I hear, you know, uh, Wales has been looking at this, going, you know, oh, oh, is, oh, is that the case? Yeah. Well, what, that's how you treat the the yeah. devolved parliaments, is it? Well, what I'll say is like it's. As depressing as it is to see, like, the UK Parliament be so uh, eager to be transphobic that they would potentially throw away their relationship with Scotland over it, yeah. it is really reassuring seeing Scotland be, you know, they, you know, the GRA reform got got a uh, pretty wide uh, majority voted in and had, like, pretty good cross-party support in Scotland, and seeing them go, no, 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 we will fight this, we will fight for our right to pass that legislation, you know, not just because... You know, um, our parliament should have its sovereignty and be able to make these choices, but because we genuinely believe in, you know, making this positive step forward for trans rights. And I'm yeah. like, I'm. It's nice to see a country stand up and fight to go. No, we are going to be progressive, and you can't stop us. Yeah, I and mean, and you know, if if this is is the tip tip of the iceberg, really, because you know, what else would they would they say no to and just stamp their feet about? Exactly. Uh, you know, the point was point was surely to you know show that Scotland are as independent as as they you know need to be in any way, but also have supposed benefits of of, of being in 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 the union. But I think a lot of people in Scotland for a long time, you know, especially in the last few years, have been saying, well, there isn't. 
really anything. Yeah. You know, they, they've been feeling the brunt of uh, red Tories for, for, for years, you know, and, and the, there has been certainly a, a growing movement in, in Scotland for uh, perhaps uh, dissolving the union. And, uh, you know, obviously I, I realise that's not universal and, and there are uh, further concerns and it, it, it does feel a bit like a, another sign that the world is, is falling apart more rather than growing together as, you know, Star Trek would have made me hope as a child. Yeah, I hope we'll eventually get there, but it's going to get worse before it gets better, I think. But yeah, I think it might be right. I mean, I'm, again, I'm, I'm just glad to see Scotland fighting, fighting, you know, yeah. standing up to the UK on this. Because, you know, UK Parliament, it's one thing for you to be transphobic, you know, within your own jurisdiction. It's another to try and stop an entirely separate country from trying to, you know, do do things themselves to improve stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't don't force other countries to not be allowed to get better on trans subjects. At, you know, if they want to improve trans rights, don't step in a way and stop them. That's just bloody malicious. Well, it was very particularly malicious, especially when we had seen, you know, that there were countries who had self-ID who were accepted, um, you know, that there weren't going to be any restrictions regarding people coming from those countries. And and now they're stepping on Scotland specifically. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a very weird move to to you know suddenly suddenly change that. Fancy I went. Oh yeah, yeah. No, oh, you're very soft. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. New hoodie. Yeah, yeah, nice. Ah, oh, good one. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good soft duty, that mate. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Oh, I, I, uh, I think I'm going to put the kettle on. Nice, nice. So, Laura. <laughs> yes. Uh, tell us what do. What do? What do? Uh, well, Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, last week, I put up a video about, about uh, Everstones in Pokemon and how... They're, they're, they're basically just puberty blockers, and if you can support, you know, letting a Pokemon hold an Everstone to not evolve, you can support trans people having access to puberty blockers. Yes, that includes teenagers. Um, which has been really well received and has done really well. Go check that out. I'm it's really proud of that. Um, other than that, we've got Who Hunts the Whale coming out on February 16th. That's like a month away now. Yeah. Uh, that's real soon. Tell us about that book and where people can find out about it. It's a silly and serious book looking at the, the inner workings of the video game industry and what it's like to realise that perhaps your dream of making video games or working within that industry is uh, is tainted by horrible greed, by horrible greedy, awful corporation type peoples. And uh, yeah, that's that's coming out. But also it's really funny yeah. in a, a slightly dark way. But yeah, and that's that's gonna be out soon. You can get it at unbound.com slash book slash whale. You can yeah, you can you can you can pre order it. It's also available at other shops that aren't Amazon, so yeah. there's that option too. But uh yes, uh me, I can be found at linkter.ee slash Janiac J A N E I A C. Yeah. And that includes my Patreon, patreon.com slash don't monkey radio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify all the 76 hours of work I do 
busy, busy back. There's quite back. a few hours. We're back to busy, busy, busy times, and yeah, slowly trying to crawl back to to my my thirty. I'd Hell love yeah. to get back to well, I, yeah, I hit thirty once briefly. It was so good. It was halcyon days. Uh, thank you very much to the one person who subscribed since last week. Very much appreciated. Yay! You are making the difference. You're all making the difference, and I appreciate you all. Thank you very much. If you can't afford to subscribe uh, in that way, then maybe consider giving us a share. Yeah. Share our nonsense with someone you care about. Uh, so that's everything. <gasps> thank you very much for joining us. Laura, <gasps> will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs> <laughs>